This is the Wadi Wabing podcast. I'm Luke. And I'm Holly. Through the conversations we're having on this podcast, we're exploring themes of Wadi Wabing. And by listening today, you're joining the conversation. So today we have um, a reoccurring, a recurrent, a returning, a resplendent, a resplendent (laughs) guest, who is Liz. We are very glad to have Liz back with us. Um, I mean, I get to enjoy uh, the the breadth and depth of Liz's wisdom on a very regular basis. Um, So I am... I'm privileged to be able to work with her and call Liz a friend, but we feel that to continue spreading the love that uh, actually I shouldn't be selfish. And so inviting Liz back for the third time to join us uh, for another episode of the Wadi Wabing podcast. Let's see where the conversation takes us. Well, welcome back, Liz. It is wonderful to invite you back to the Wadi Wabing podcast for the third time. Special guest Liz. Um, I'm afraid we're signing you up for the rest of um, the Worldly Wellbeing podcast life, Liz. Sounds good to me. Back, back by popular demand. In my mind, it's like, you know, in uh, TV shows where you have like a regular, regular reoccurring guest star. Yeah. And they get like their special credit with like regular reoccurring on like Wikipedia. That's Liz. Oh yeah, God. you're an RR. Oh RR Liz, <laughs> RR on the WW podcast. <laughs> so, how are you, Liz? Big question, actually. Yeah. Maybe I maybe need to be a bit more specific. How are you feeling today? Oh, that's a good question. Um, today, on the south coast in the UK, it's very hot. Um, I've just been into Brighton to meet a friend, and Lovely. I'm on the seafront. And I mm-hmm. came home and here I am. So, yeah, and I've got some meetings and calls this afternoon. So a lovely opportunity to be enjoying this lovely, mellow, late summer thing that's going on right now. I'm just really lovely to be outside this morning. So, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. It is nice, isn't it? Although, I have to say, actually, I had um, a WhatsApp conversation this morning with two of my friends. And one of whom is a massive autumn fan. And like she just lives for autumn and pumpkin spice lattes and it, she's a she's an autumn person so we had this beautifully like energetic full of the joy of autumn message from her this morning girls it's on its way it's september i meanwhile woke up and thought oh my gosh i hate my life because i can sense that summer is about to end um and how am I possibly going to cope? Uh, so our WhatsApp voice messages this morning were coming from two quite different angles. Because it's really interesting, is it? Because like where I am at at the moment, it's st- it, there's definitely a change in the season occurring. Y- you can feel it in the literally in the air. It sounds like a cliche, but you can sense that there is something shifting, and the evenings are cooler. But the daytimes are still, by UK standards, it's still summer. Like you know, it's still 32 degrees in Toronto. So. You know, that's it feels that in, during the day it still feels like summer, but there's these evenings where it's a cooler, there's it, there's a breeze. And actually, Holly, we had an, another message today from from another a friend who said about summer actually ends on the 21st of September or something, that we've kind of got it into our head around school terms. You know, beginning of September, autumn term, summer's done. But actually, we've got a few more weeks of this kind of late summer lazy evening maybe 
or softer evening is maybe a better word kind of period um where the days might still be a bit warmer but that cooler air is coming to kind of bring down the temperature slightly Mm. and the darkness Mm. is on its way like it's noticeable um which does bode well for you know trying to sleep a little bit earlier um but it it's i'm sensing it i'm getting my little the feels yeah it's interesting isn't it i was out at the weekend um and could really feel the shift in the air in the atmosphere in the season i was noticing little acorns were beginning to appear on the oak tree i was noticing some shoots of little um, horse chestnuts beginning to appear there were some crisp leaves on the floor on the ground uh, and the ground obviously at the moment with all of the heat and obviously there's a whole story around parched earth and we've got the dreadful floods in pakistan at the moment we've got this contrast going on right now um so for me that the the late summer really is a bit of a bonus season i think i was always brought up to think that there are four seasons and it's only recently i've discovered this idea of a fifth one perhaps also known a bit as being a bit of an indian summer but this idea that we're we're in a moment now of savoring all the things that you're talking about sort of keeping hold of if you like um the sense of a summer that's beginning to leave beginning to leave us but really savoring those moments right now enjoying the warmth when it comes and it's a bit of a funny time of year as well isn't it because woman is it's boiling hot and in the uk again going back to the rain uh we've had rain and it's gone very cold so we're in this sort of anything can happen kind of season and again we've spoken on this series before but how we live our lives as human beings is very much reflected in nature and really noticing the contradictions and the contrast that can happen in this season um also a, a time of noticing bringing ourselves into balance so the chinese symbol at this time of year is the earth which again is really quite telling isn't it with everything else that's going on right now this idea of our yin and our yang energy our male and our female energy so an invitation to all of us to be keeping ourselves noticing being aware of keeping ourselves in balance at this particular period of time so lots of savoring lots of stuff going on how are we keeping ourselves in balance not only in relation to the season but perhaps also more broadly in relation to the world and everything that's going on right now Mm. Uh, maybe a simple question here Liz but when we talk about balance and you said yin yang is that do we take that as two polar opposites yeah tell me some more please um, well, is it black and white is it black and white I would say that it's about we all have real and female energy mm-hmm. and it's about keeping our energies in balance so perhaps if we're getting to yin we need a little bit more yang um, and keeping that in balance so i wouldn't say it's an either or it's a both like all things in life um mm-hmm. and just checking in perhaps in how we're doing am i getting over enthusiastic in some areas of my life and perhaps not paying attention in other parts of my life am i wanting to rush into autumn without stopping and savoring the moment that i'm in right now and already i'm noticing that halloween is in the shops i was in brighton as i said earlier christmas is what christmas baubles are in a well-known discounted <laughs> high street retailer right now could we just close off ease through our summer into our late summer before we start nipping over into the next thing so 
keeping ourselves grounded as we've spoken about before i think is super important because i don't i don't think we i don't think we're given permission to cap the question of can we just close one thing out before we welcome in the other i don't think we're not particularly in in the west the global north however you want to describe it there is not a, there's not permission either uh, public permission like someone standing from the front saying it's okay to do this or cultural permission to acknowledge the passing of seasons and to to to, to curate that balance because of this kind of uh, almost what is it like a hamster wheel of to the next thing to the next thing always to the next thing now the nature of my one of my jobs is that I do at this point have to start thinking ahead to Christmas because there are certain things we have to plan for Advent, which is the, the period of preparation before Christmas. But to, to kind of wish away time to always look ahead to the to the next thing that's coming, I think is something that we're geared towards and we're not given permission or even the tools to be able to say, well, actually, how do I close this period before looking ahead to the next? Um, I wonder if you have any thoughts on, on that, Liz. Um, I think it's about noticing and remembering the things that we've enjoyed as part of the season that we're in and the season we're about to leave. And whether we do that with writing, whether we do that with our photographs. I, I was at friends the other day and they'd actually printed off pictures and put them in an album. And I thought, what a great idea, because I've got like seven and a half thousand photos on my, on my phone. So would it, would it be a lovely thing for some of us to go through our pictures of the last season and just pull out, you know, the top 10 or the top 15 that we like and do whatever we want to do with them, just to remind ourselves of those memories and those joys in that season. I'm wondering also who we need permission from. Do we, is it more probably about us giving ourselves permission? I don't need to go and buy a Christmas bauble on the 1st of September, thank you very much. I don't actually need to go and look at them. I'm going to bring myself back to where I am now. Um, I think, what else do I think? I think it's just easy to keep whizzing along. And, I, and despite doing our seasonal work and doing these podcasts and my seasonal work, it's amazing how even I'm saying to myself, I can't believe it's the 1st of September. So I think the more we can sort of put our own gentle brakes on and live where we are rather than where we want to be on our heads, I think the better we are for it. I think it's quite exhausting to keep jumping out from where we are rather than sitting with where we are. Hmm. Um, this reminds me um, of, a, of a conversation I had with a friend recently who, um, without going to the full details of, of her life, she had a really stressful week with her, her child and she said because she had to go straight back into work once he was better. She said she feels like she hasn't processed the emotional stress of all of that because she had to get straight back into, you know, quote unquote, normal life, um, which kind of opened up a conversation of, we don't really have the process of mourning in this country, I suppose. Of course, we could think about in terms of negative things, in terms of death, that like, you know, we need that time for pondering, but. I guess what is the positive equivalent of mourning in that 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 what we're talking about that section of reminiscing positively yeah looking back and reliving in a in a positive way rather than necessarily dealing with negative emotions i think it is that savoring word isn't it 
you know what I really like about the word savoring as well is it's about all your senses as well. So it's not just like a sort of a meditative thought process. You know, you savour food, which is very physical, as well as savouring memories and times, which is a little bit more emotional and mental. Um, so it's great. I love this word. Yeah, and this, for me, it evokes a real sense of joy and a sense of pleasure. It's quite sensual, isn't it? It's taking, yeah. really taking. So rather than, you know, eating something and then think, oh, what have I just eaten? Really taking our time and being present. So, yeah, a bit of mindful eating, probably. Um, you're making me think as well, you know, with your, your friend and having, you know, mm. processing a child who's ill and, you know, how do we deal when life gives us those knocks? How do we how do we cope with that? And one of the things I was working with a group with the other day is the Japanese art of, of Kintsungai, I think it's called, um, the idea of Japanese golden joinery. So if something mm. gets broken, um, the idea is back in the day that it would be put together with gold. So if we use that as a metaphor, that when we have moments that sort of break us or challenge us or emotionally disturb us, how might we work with our own golden joinery? Because all of those imperfections and all of those challenges are all part of being human. So how how does the gold, the gold in effect makes the item even more beautiful because of the experience that it's had? Now, it doesn't take away the awfulness of the experience and processing that, but I think it's an interesting metaphor to hold. Now you mentioned that, Luke, I'm sure, don't you have in your flat, you've got a, a jar that um, with that gold? Yeah, I had a, um, we all, listeners, you'll remember when Holly and I spoke about our various lockdown activities during the various lockdowns. Um, one of the ones was I, I picked up learning Japanese, um, as you do, um, <laughs> and, and that came with a kind of a a spate of being quite fascinated by Japanese culture, in, including this kind of this joinery with gold. And so, yes, I have a sake cup that was was broken. Um, I, you know, it was a DIY kit. It wasn't like the proper. It's not proper gold, or whatever. But it was it was kind of a plaster type thing that you then finish with a gold. Ooh. The paint has gold in it, um, uh, and I don't think the cup is particularly usable. It might be. But yeah, it's it was it was quite nice to be able to keep it um, and to actually engage in the fixing fixing the, the restoration process. We've mentioned about you know maybe with ourselves um, this savoring process, but also sharing with others. Is there a rule? Should we start with ourselves and then share our experiences, or you know, should we share with someone else, which will help us savor that individually? Like, please give me some practical thoughts. <laughs> practical thoughts on savoring. Um... Mm. Well, I suppose part of it is whether you, you're like me and you like being in the company of other people. So I think my immediate my immediate response to that is I've got images of food and I'm really into Otto Lenghi's cooking at the moment and discovering some fantastic Middle Eastern flavours and simple things like mashed potato with lemon and oil and mint is the most divine thing in the world. So how about savouring some food, some simple food? Um, doesn't have to be exotic or complicated or expensive. Just breaking bread together. I mean, what a lovely thing to do to be savouring, whatever that may be for you. Um, and for yourself, you know, getting away from the Zoom. We've talked about this before. Going for that walk, 
sitting in the garden with a cup of tea, finding your favourite tree, finding a bench in a park, whatever it is that works for you. Not everybody has a garden. I appreciate that. But that's no reason not to get out, move about, take your own cup of tea. Probably cafe owners won't want me saying that. But again, we're not into spending loads of money to be sitting and savouring. And it doesn't have to be for hours. You know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just to change it, to give the neurons a break and uh, to get you back rested, restored and repaired for your next call. Sorry, Liz, I'm going to be asking you quite simple questions here. Is savouring a silent or a quiet process necessarily? Oh, that's an interesting question. What is it for you, Holly? Well, (laughs) (laughs) this is what I'm considering because... I mean, let's be honest, I've seen you eat chocolate and when you sit there, like, that is not a silent process in the savouring of the chocolate. Like, let's just call that out for what it is. I mean, I will hold up my hands and say that I'm part of that too, but there is no silent savouring in that context. But, the yeah, it's a really good point because I, I laughed at myself the other day because I was at home by myself and I really love like time by myself but I noticed that I am not silent when I'm at home by myself because quite often I do like if I eat something really good I laughed myself I was sat at my table and I ate something really good I was like mm, this is so good <laughs> and then I realized I was just saying to myself but it felt really necessary in that moment to express that out loud for me I think the sharing of a savouring moment is quite key and it might not be for everyone. And kind of just riffing off that and a thought that I had something else being said earlier, I feel like the products of the season, Mm -hmm. bear with me, are geared towards that experience, are geared towards savouring and and perhaps savouring through shared experience too. Now I'm thinking, Liz and I, you were having a conversation the other day about how I feel more rooted to the seasons here in Albania because the fruit and veg that's being sold in the market stands are, are seasonally dependent. Now, if I go to a supermarket here, I can find whatever I want. But if I go to my greengrocer here, or the equivalent of my greengrocer here, and I have my little morning chat with him and I see what he's got that day that's fresh, it is very seasonally dependent. And the, the kind of the, the women who have come down from the villages who are selling fruit and veg on the side of the road from their own farms or from their own homes, that changes, you know, month to month. And so I'm thinking of the fruit that's around at the moment. And over here, it's very visibly, it's things like blackberries, it's tiny red currants or berries, and I'm, I'm not sure what they are. It's figs. Um, there are figs, oh, I'm sorry, it's so great. There are figs everywhere, I'm putting them on everything. Because um, <laughs> I'm really worried it's gonna, the, the season will end and then there won't be figs for another year. But the season before was watermelon. And I love watermelon too, but that's massive. And it's, you know, you can you kind of gorge yourself on watermelon. It's very kind of, you know, it's there and it's refreshing and you need to, you need to, to cool down because it's so hot. And I can, you know, if you left me with a whole watermelon, I'd probably, I'd feel very ill afterwards, but I probably could finish it off. Whereas figs and different types of, they're smaller, they're more intimate and the flavour is a bit more, powerful in the smallness and that savoring i don't know it feels a bit more engaged because of its size because of the the potency of its flavor and the ability to easily share a handful of blackberries compared to um you know a giant bit of watermelon (laughs) 
And, and it's interesting, isn't it, that the, the messages are there for us, aren't they? That the markers are there for us with the fruit, as you're describing, with the figs. And also, as just thinking about the gifts that are awaiting us in autumn, which is where your friends were, Holly, at the start of this session. You know, pears are beginning to appear on the trees. Apples are beginning to appear on the trees. So there are treasures awaiting us as we're moving towards them, as well as some of the things that we're having to say goodbye to gently as we're beginning to leave. But these visible signs that something is shifting, I think, is really quite interesting right now. Thinking too about, you know, this period of savouring, I wonder if there's a there's a if there's this corporate sense of we want to start to slow down and savor more because of of the of what we have been asked to do not just the last two years but actually the way that society has been leading us uh, society that's such a ridiculous phrase society it sounds like this omnipresent divinity that's controlling us but like <laughs> you know the the way that's the what the, the way that things are structured we've been going from one thing to the next and as soon as the pandemic quote unquote ended uh, however you perceive that you the war in ukraine began uh, and th there's some there's always the floods in in yeah. pakistan you know that from one from one thing to the next we are be and i think there is perhaps then a sense of well <laughs> you know what i'm i need to put the brakes on I need to to stop to sit to savor. I I I have to apply the brakes at this point. Yeah, I think I think we do um, for all the reasons that you've just said. In whatever format we can do that, because obviously we still need to work. Many of us we still need to earn a living. Many of us we still need to be doing. But equally, we need to be conserving. And I think rest is a a highly underestimated activity. I think we feel guilty when we're at rest. You know, how many of us are actually sitting watching Indian matchmaking on Netflix with the phone in the in the cupboard, in the drawer out of the room, or are we looking half looking at the television and half looking at, at, at the screen? We feel we should be doing, we should be. And I'm one of those people, I'm not sitting here as Mrs. Perfect by any means, feel I should be doing. But in actual fact, by constantly being doing, if, as we said before, if you were to leave your computer on all day, every day, for 365 days of the year, it wouldn't work after a while. So why do we expect our brains to work? Why do we expect the cells in our bodies to work if we're not restoring them? Sleep and rest are really, really, really important without the guilt. So whatever you need to do to help you ease yourself off the guilt, it is okay to sit down, lie on the sofa, whatever, like go and lie on your bed if you want to, because rest is really, really important for our, we were talking the other day, weren't we, Luke, around for our, our creative rest, our emotional rest, our spiritual rest, our physical rest, our cells need to rest, which is why the sleep piece is really important. There's a lovely lady called Herminia Ibarra, who's at London Business School, I think, who says that when we're at rest, we're not idle. We're not idle. We're crunching our own data. And I love that idea of we're just processing at a cellular level in our heads, wherever it may be, we're processing our own data. And we're too busy running around processing data on behalf of other people. And we don't actually pay very much time and attention to processing our own data. Mm. So. And that's just reminded me the other day when I went into the office for one of my jobs, 
I've not actually told them this yet. So I don't think we'll release the podcast prior to um, them going back to the office. So they will have discovered this by then. But thinking about sort of processing things, I basically rammed the shredder with way too many bits of paper and it completely jammed and it smelled like burning. And (laughs) I just thought, you know, why didn't I just, rather than wait until I had a massive pile and then try to ram it all in at once to get it over and done with, you know, I should have just maybe the last few times put a few in or done it in a more slow and sort of measured process. And it's a bit like with this idea of taking some rest or taking to have yourself. You can't suddenly try to blast something like that. It's not going to work. Just don't ram all your paper in the shredder at once. That's a really good metaphor, isn't it? Don't ram all your paper in the shredder at once. Allowing that period of creativity, if you want, that that, that period of processing, that period of, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to go and have a little walk and see what pops up. Inevitably, something will pop up. It all doesn't have to be right now rammed like the, the the shredder with the paper and i think we've lost a bit of that i think we live in a very i want it now i'm going to also order my item from that well-known internet store and it'll arrive by five o'clock this afternoon well some things in life just don't work like that and, and nor should they i think well, that's the other thing it's like actually we do need to going back to the chinese symbol for this time of year we do need to be grounded again mm-hmm. um you know it grounded it, particularly in American popular culture, but I guess it's kind of leaked into British culture too, is actually can often be quite negative. If you're grounded, it means you you know you can't go out. Um, grounded, if you if you, if an aircraft has been grounded, it's negative because something's happened to it. It, it can't fly. Or if a pilot's been grounded, they've done something wrong, uh, and they they they've been grounded until they can fly again. Uh, so often it's quite a it sits as quite a challenging word, but actually I would like it to be for me more of a a positive again going back to that balance piece because it you know speaking candidly as i try to try to speak from an authentic place and not cover things up you know i've reached the paper shredder point probably but and i have a brilliant mental image of holly because i i know you so well i literally can imagine exactly the step-by-step process of what happened and then what happened afterwards and what was said um, so that, that's a brilliant mental image. But um, for me, it's like, you know, my body over the last month or so has been very angry at me in a way that previously I might have had like a couple of days where I've taken a pause and my body's gone, oh, no, you've been working too hard. But it's been one thing after the other for about three or four weeks now. And that's tiring in itself. Um, and, you know, it you can't, as we've said, you can't expect to just build to get rid of a deficit in a day or take take a week's holiday and then everything will be okay again actually it's a, a complete system readdress a complete you know holly before you joined us today your laptop was having a, a wobble you know it's a complete rewiring of the system so the, the laptop needs to be completely reworked to, to get back on its feet again um because you can't you know decades or years of of we're operating a certain way to capacity the whole time, it it, it can only lead to that, that can that phrase everyone loves burnout, but it can only lead to that. Um, and so to, to avoid that, to, to kind of repair yourself takes time too. And I'm also noticing you were talking about your friends at the beginning saying that they love autumn. I've come across people on the autumn seasonal workshop who say, I hate autumn. 
So which is your favourite season is an interesting inquiry. And what is it about that season that you love and what does that season give you? Um, I think it's an interesting one. For all, I love autumn, but my mind can also go to Keats, you know, seasons of mists and mellow fruitfulness, which I think he wrote when he was dying. So, you know, there's this death part for some people associated with autumn. So what, what, is, what is your favourite season? What does that season give you? And acknowledging that our relationship to seasons changes too. You know, as we change, as we grow, our relationship to, you know, as a kid, summer might have been your favourite season because you got the six weeks. Maybe it was the reason you didn't like it because you got six weeks off school. But, you know, it actually, as an adult or, you know, as someone in their 30s or 40s or 50s or whatever, you might have a completely different relationship to summer. It might mean something else to you at that point. So it doesn't always, you know, we don't have to be fixed. We don't have to say, you know, I once liked this and therefore I must always like it. Um, or I, might, I once resonated with it, or even the next day, it's like, actually, you know what, I'm a bit tired of summer today because I'm tired of feeling hot, I'm tired of feeling sweaty, uh, I just want to feel a bit cool. Um, it's okay. And some of us may be worried about the encroaching winter for the problems of trying to keep warm and feeding ourselves. Mm. So it's taking on another another twist and another turn, I think, this year, which is mm. important yeah. to remind ourselves of. So Yeah. Wow. Liz, we could talk forever, but... My stomach's actually about to rumble. I'm, I'm, I need my lunch. Um, and we need to let you go at some point. Um, I wish we could talk forever. Um, with someone bringing us food, maybe. That would be perfect. Be good. Uh, to save her. To yeah, save, yeah. exactly. But, you know, thank you again for your, for your time, as always. And just for bringing some beautiful words. I always come away and think, I write down these words and think, wow, the loadedness. Like, there's, there's so much that these words bring. And maybe you know reassessing them like grounding so thank yeah, you and then maybe yeah. some words that you might want to take with you into the coming season mm. it might even be shredder you never might know <laughs> what do i need to shred what's no longer serving me what do i need to make room for yeah that could be a lovely metaphor for that yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you liz you're, you're really valued oh thank you it's a joy to be with you both as always and uh, thank you everybody for listening Okay, so other than you confessing to our listeners that you have destroyed company property, um, I feel like that uh, episode had uh, so much to offer. It did. I mean, we always go in knowing that Liz is going to just sprinkle some gold dust. Um, And she certainly did today. Uh, what are the words that we are pondering from today? We have um, savouring. Grounding, grounded. I'm balance. adding shredding. Balance, thank shredding, you. Shredding, yeah, sure. I'm adding shredding. Rest. Yeah. Cell rejuvenation. <laughs> I'm not sure. If... <laughs> a, I think this list, this list is getting a bit um, <laughs> yeah. extensive. We start hyphenating everything. Uh, yeah, we're now advertising some kind of age-defying yeah. cream i think um interestingly off the back of this episode compared to perhaps other episodes with liz where there have been there's been more of a tangible like you can go when we did our autumn episode you can go and do this this is the savoring is not necessarily asking you to go and do something else it's asking you to to stick with what you already have um and so those words i think are a part of that it's sitting with the way that what does that bring up for you those words 
um, and, and can you sit with it? Can you savor them as opposed to proactively going and adding something else to your list? Or I must go and meditate amongst the autumnal leaves. Um, actually, this is not about that. This is not about doing something else. This is potentially about taking something off the list to create space for the savoring. Which I'm sure it's not just you and I who will say this, that is something we all desperately need. So to have have homework that is not doing but is the opposite that will actually give us something by doing nothing brilliant i'm on board yeah now it's just the uh, practice makes perfect and actually applying the 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 learning yeah so that was the application of the gold paint um Indeed. And uh, just on a side note, I meant to say this to Liz. I'm definitely vibing with Liz nowadays because, first of all, I also have 7,500 photos on my phone. Second of all, I also love Indian Matchmaker. I knew you would. When she mentioned it, I was like, oh, either Holly's going to be watching that or she's like going to be already watching it. How do I find out? Oh, I have a lot more photos in there. All right, show off. I have 9,899. <laughs> Dear listener, how many do you have on your iPhone? Please tell us. Or tell us your... how many photos you have. Yeah, any other devices are, you know, applicable. <laughs> or widely available. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just in case Mr. Samsung is listening. Um... Yeah, soz about it, Android. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um... oh, Lord. Anywho, um, Liz, uh, as you listen back to your own wisdom, thank you again for joining us. Um, and we look forward, hopefully, to welcoming you, you back to season six. On that note, we strongly recommend that you head over to your Instagram, to your Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow, please like, please subscribe, please write a comment. And we look forward to welcoming you uh, next week to the next episode of the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast. Absolutely. So thanks for tuning in, sending peace and love.